You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Hi everyone, Beck here. Um, We are so excited to share this episode with you. It is the recording of our Summer Passion Project event that we just had this past Saturday in Santa Monica at Lunia. Um, We're so overwhelmed with just the love and support that we were able to feel from the event. Um, We'll get into this really quickly, but um, we talked all about female sexuality, empowerment. We were able to meet so many of you and have such meaningful conversations, um, and we're just so grateful. Um, A big shout out to Jess Sukan, our co-host. She's Body Bliss by Jess. Um, We had the best time partnering with her, as well as the other panelists, um, just to come together on this event. So we hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Please rate and review on iTunes if you like it, um, also on Stitcher, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and leave a five-star review. Um, we love you so much, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Yay! Well, just to kick it off, welcome everyone. Thank you so, so much for being here. This is like really, really surreal for Beck and I. We were in Boston, well, I was in Boston a couple of days ago and now we're in LA in the beautiful Lunia showroom um, with our amazing vendors, just such an amazing space. Um, so huge shout out to Lunia, first of all. This space is awesome. So <laughs> round of applause for them. Um, and they were so generous to offer $20 off. So if you see pajamas you love, which I'm sure you will, definitely snatch them up. Um, But before we get started, so this is kind of new for Beck and I. So we're a Boston-based podcast. Um, We came together because we both worked corporate jobs, but, you know, we didn't feel like we had an outlet to talk about all things wellness, entrepreneurship, female empowerment, all of these really important topics. Um, So we decided to have this event. The lovely Jess um, is here hosting with us. She's helped us so much, and we're just so excited to be here with you guys. Um, But to pass it over to Jess to introduce herself. Yeah, so I know so many of you, and it's so exciting to see you all here. And for those of you that I don't know, welcome, and I hope that I get to meet everyone. Um, If I'm bossy, like moving you all in here, I'm sorry. I'm like, excuse me. But um, I'm Jess, and I'm a holistic wellness coach, health and wellness coach, and um, here in LA. And I actually met, when did I meet you? A couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So are you okay with me sharing how we met? So Beck um, ended up working with my mom, Candice, who's hormone health educator next to me here. And then we started to work together as well um, on her hormone balancing journey, which I know that she talks a lot about on the podcast too. And it's same with 
Meg. Mm -hmm. But um, we actually met for the first time in person when Josh, my husband, who's making the mocktails in the back, and I went for to Boston for our anniversary last year, and we actually like finally got to meet um, her and her husband John, and they are going to be moving to LA soon, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. And then um, Megan and I just met mm -hmm. yesterday, so but weird. we've been planning this yeah, event, really? and yeah, 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 we've been talking like every day, <laughs> yeah, um, texting, DMing, and it's just so cool to have them here. I think that what they're doing is amazing and inspiring. And my sister, Rye, who's right there, and I are going to be starting our own podcast soon. So I feel like um, we are going to have to definitely pick your brain. Yes. But yes. Um, yeah, so thank you both so much for hosting this with me. And for all of you that are here today, I hope that this is a topic that... Um, you're excited to kind of dive into and learn more about. I have to be really honest that it's not something that I've ever spoken about in public. And it's actually not something that I'm like, it's not something that I would say like, oh, I talk about like sex and sexuality and that's my thing and I love it. No, it's actually still a little bit uncomfortable mm -hmm. for me. So I think this especially is why, of your especially with her sitting right here, <laughs> trying to make sure my top isn't too low. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, it's interesting. So we'll see. I think that, but the reason why we wanted to have this event is because there's not a lot of events out there where you can actually openly talk about sex and sexuality and sexual confidence at every stage in life. And for me, being a holistic health coach, I work with a lot of clients who don't feel sexy and don't, and don't really maybe identify with that word sexy or sexuality and you know, as someone who has gained and lost over 40 pounds multiple times in my life, I know that feeling. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that and that you can feel sexy at any stage in life and you can have sexual confidence and you can embrace that no matter where you are in your journey. And so I think it's just really important for us to talk about it as women. And even if it's a little bit uncomfortable, that's where the change happens. So hopefully you'll all be open to this conversation and, and learn something. Yeah, and I think it's so important now more than ever for women to come together to talk about these things. Yes. So we're super excited to kick it off. So to kick off this panel, um, we're so excited to have these four lovely ladies, ladies with us. Um, they come from all very different backgrounds and that's why we chose them um, to speak about this topic. Um, just to echo's, echo Jess's point, this is not something that we talk about often, um, but we're so excited just because of all of the backgrounds that we come from. Um, you know, some of us come from very religious backgrounds, very conservative backgrounds, and we just want to embrace our sexuality and that confidence. So we're so excited to be here. Um, so just to start us off, um, we're going to go down the line and just have all of our ladies introduce themselves. So Candace, you want to kick us off? So I'm the mom of um, Jess and Ryan over there. And I always tell the story about how when I went into my perimenopause days, I was scaring them with my mood swings and hot flashes every 20 minutes. And I often describe myself as the bitch on wheels, so now we've said it. Um, so I was a director of education at a huge hormone testing lab in Portland, Oregon for a good 15 years. And in those days, back from 2000 on, we were educating um, uh, doctors because that was around the time when the Women's Health Initiative hit and um, women didn't know what to do. They were going off HRT. There were a lot of women that had a lot of hormone imbalances, so we educated the doctors. We saw the influx of the functional medicine 
um, surge in, in doctors that do know what they're doing. So I have that background of training, education, um, working with all kinds of doctors and compounding pharmacists. And now I have started Your Hormone Balance with Jess and Ryan. And we, um, I do what I always wanted to do, which is talk to women instead of, you know, talk to you all of all ages who, who deal with hormone imbalances and a, 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 an array of symptoms that you aren't expecting or don't know what to do about. And um, I test you and we talk and Jess and I work on a hormone weight balance package as well. And we guide you in the direction of getting your hormones balanced and getting back to yourself again, no matter what, what the age. So we, we cover the gamut of, of all those things hormonal, and sometimes that can be a surprising number of things. So we'll, we'll focus on the sexuality part today, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm Carla Romo. I'm a dating and relationship coach. I'm a soon-to-be author, coming out early fall, yeah. Um, and I'm a speaker. And so I get the question all the time, how does one become a dating and relationship coach? So I'm just going to scoot it all the way back to my childhood. I grew up with domestic violence, so I never felt worthy. I never felt enough. And so as a result of that, I chose codependency over and over again in intimate relationships with men, thinking that if... I could get them to love me or I could show them how amazing I was, then I was worthy of love. And so it wasn't until my early 20s where I was in an abusive relationship and I saw two paths in front of me. It was either decide to go down this path of self-sabotage and repeating this over and over again or step into the relationship with myself, learn what it is to have self-love, learn how to be worthy, learn what healthy is in a relationship, and then apply that to my life. So I chose that one. <laughs> and today I do exactly that because my journey was so transformational that I knew other women struggled with confidence, with finding purpose in dating, their relationships. And so today I coach women one-on-one -on -one and work with them through finding purpose and confidence in their dating life, relationships, or breakups. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Colleen Baxter. I am a board certified functional medicine health coach, a folk herbalist, and the Foria wellness consultant. Um, so I work with clients, mostly women, to get to the underlying roots of a lot of chronic issues, hormone imbalances, gut problems in particular, gut and digestive issues, and autoimmune conditions. And a big Part of that is using nature and plants as teachers. So in particular today, I'm representing Foria Wellness, which is a cannabis and hemp sexual wellness company. And just also just in general, supporting plants as teachers for sexual and overall wellness for women. Hello everyone, my name is Lauren Zielinski. I'm a certified nurse midwife. I traveled here from Corrales, New Mexico on Thursday for this event, so I'm really excited to be here. Um, I work in an out-of-hospital birth set setting delivering babies. Um, in my free time outside of working as a midwife, I also um, put on events uh, with an organization that I started called New, called New Moon Rising. Um, they're women's-focused health empowerment events, and they focus on sexuality, promoting positive uh, self-image for women, and then focusing on self-healing for women um, in the form of herbalism, natural health, holistic health, things like that. And just really um, opening up conversations for women about sexuality and getting comfortable with your body and um, so forth. So yeah, I'm excited to be here and looking forward to the conversation. Thank you. 
Thank you all so much. Um, so this event really is for all of you. Um, we wouldn't be able to do it without you, um, and we want you to get as much out of this as possible. So um, we're going to be answering some questions that we think are um, some of the better um, or the more asked questions. We surveyed our Facebook group, asked what questions they were um, dying to know about. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to have a, a question and answer at the end. So feel free to save those questions as you um, think of them during the panel. Save them for the end, and we'd love to, to answer a few of those. Um, so, okay, let's get started. Um, okay, so just right off the bat, um, we're here to learn about empowerment and confidence. So Jess, can you can kind of give us a baseline of what that means to you? What empowerment and confidence means? Um, I think just first of all, what comes to my mind is being unapologetically you yourself at any stage in life. And I think that that's also what sexuality means to me because you may identify as something now that you don't identify with later and knowing that that's okay. And so I think just honoring that every phase in your life is gonna present different challenges and, and you'll have experiences and sometimes traumas that really shape you, but it's how you move through that. And then from that, how you um, kind of hone into what confidence at that stage means to you. And I think just trying not to compare yourself to yourself in the past or what you think you should be in the future and just really try to be present and be here now and accepting and embracing of, of who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to that point of you know comparing yourself to who you were before, I've definitely gotten in that rut of you know as an 18-year-old girl, you know my metabolism was super fast. I'm like, wow, I was so skinny. Mm -hmm. I looked so good. But then I think about my mental health at that point, and it's like, I was right. not very happy. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I relate so much to that because, like I said, you know when you yeah, when you're younger and maybe you look back at yourself, like I look at myself when I was on the swim team and I was like a little bean pole and couldn't put on weight if I tried and could like would vend the or raid the vending machines after practice and eat like two boxes of cookies and sorry, um, before dinner. Yeah, you, you didn't know about that. <laughs> but also just having lost and gained like yo-yo dieting. So for those that don't know my story, I yo-yo dieted for 12 years. And so to see your body like 45 pounds more than I am now, and then 20 more pounds than I am now and 10 more pounds. And then when I'm younger, thinner, you know, it's, it's confusing. And so I think you really have to, um, just stop and I still have to do it and like look in the mirror and it's like, be here now. Like this is me now. You know, I'm not 40 pounds heavier, and I'm not 10 pounds lighter. Whatever. So the. You are now. No. Anyway, <laughs> you look incredible, and she's 70. So. Yeah. Yes. 70 years Isn't old. Isn't that Hello. amazing? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> um, so Lauren, you work with a lot of um, other women trying to empower other women with your events. Um, what does that look like for you? What are kind of the top three things that you do to help other women feel empowered? Um, and what do you do for yourself to feel that way? Sure, okay. Um, top three things. So I think number one as women, especially right now, it's really important in order to empower each other to not waste time on bringing each other down. Um, I think that we have to remember to lift each other up always. And there are tons and tons of women in the world. And if you 
run into somebody that you don't vibe with or you don't mesh with. Don't waste energy bringing each other down. Move forward, um, move up, um, and just move on. I just don't think that um, in this world, in this culture that we're living in, that we have time to break each other down. And so number one, um, move away from that. Um, number two, give each other a platform. Uh, we're all so well connected with each other and have so many opportunities. And so if you have a sister or a friend who um, is doing something amazing, give her a voice and give her a platform, especially women of color. Like where do you have an opportunity to help them? Um, if you have a workspace like this that you can share, or if you have a really cool living room that you can let your friend perform in, or um, you have a connection that you could help like, you know, shoot a quick email, take the time to do something like that. So empower your friends, empower your sisters. I think that's another way. Um, and then number three, um, I think stop, question yourself. So uh, my favorite thing to do is when I find something that I um, kind of find myself thinking like, um, like Jess, you posted something the other day about like a low cut shirt. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I didn't want to post this because of my low cut shirt, but like why? So mm -hmm. if you find yourself falling into these habits of like societal thoughts and patterns, like saying the word slutty, right? Like when you say things like that or you fall into these like societal thought patterns that you know aren't right and you know that are not empowering to women, question them. Like, why mm -hmm. do you think like that? It's exciting to me when I like something comes up that um, makes me question myself because I know that it's an opportunity for me to dig in a little bit deeper and work on that. Mm -hmm. I know that it's an opportunity for me to um, figure out why I'm in that thought pattern and it's an opportunity to get better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really exciting. So just kind of wondering and questioning and thinking about why we have these thought patterns because those are the things that hold us down as women. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, that's the patriarchy, right? <laughs> like, that's the issue. Um, so if you constantly wonder and um, just think more about it, that's how we can empower each other. I think that's such a great point. And for me personally, I find that when I make a snap judgment about someone or something, that usually means that I need to dig in more and figure out why. And it usually is me, right? It's that I'm not confident about something and I'm reflecting that onto someone else. So I love that point. And kind of going off your background, so you mentioned you grew up in Dallas, you know, and that's kind of shaped how you see the world. I think for a lot of us who grew up in more conservative homes, maybe more religious backgrounds, sex is something that we didn't talk about. It was shameful. It was, it was just something that was kind of swept under the rug. I never grew up feeling like empowered to embrace my sexuality. Did any of you have that experience growing up? And if so, how have you moved past that to really step into your sexual power? I would have to say that uh, even now, I don't think um, women my age, my generation, talk about sex that much with each other. I mean, not only did we not, you know, it, it's something about, um, first of all, we don't want to think about our parents doing it. We don't talk about that yes. with it. This, it's not something you talk about in your family, which is, makes it novel here. Um, and, you know, I. Uh, I was. I, I actually am starting a podcast too with a nurse practitioner in Portland, Oregon. 
that we're calling WTF, um, Women Talking Frankly. And <laughs> women talking frankly, frankly, women need to talk more frankly about so many of these things. And the gal that's doing our website, you know, she just said something about, so, so how often do you, do you and your husband do it? And I was sort of, um, well, we've been married 35 <laughs> years. And she goes, yeah. So uh, John and I, he often says, your birthday's coming. Um, how about uh, Christmas is almost here. And so we were, you know, we were discussing that whole thing about how we don't talk about these things. But a lot of the reason we don't, you know, that we have these issues are hormonal. There are a lot of hormonal deficiencies that I see in women of all ages. I see younger women, I do a lot of testing and talking to a lot of you guys, your generation, who have many of the same symptoms as women in menopause. And I'm talking vaginal dryness. That makes sex very uncomfortable. Um, you know, all, all, all kinds of um, hot flashes and night sweats that disrupt your sleep, so you don't exactly feel sexy when you're sweaty. <laughs> Weight gain, especially in the belly, that it messes with your body image. Um, and there are, all, there are a lot of hormonal components to that, which I think we'll talk about later. But, but for me, it's, it is, um, you know, it, it's been a very good experience to be in the hormone field because we have to talk about sex. We're talking mm -hmm. about sex hormones. We're talking about fertility, reproductive years, um, women who don't want to get pregnant, then women who do want to get pregnant, and then women in menopause who have a whole other third of their lives to go. We lived to be 50 100 years ago, now we're living to be 90. And women who are in their 60s and 70s, they still have, you know, relationships and want to feel sexy. So it's an issue for for all ages, so I'm, I'm happy the conversation is, is opening up. But I still think it's an issue that women, I mean, how many of you talk frankly with your friends about your relationship, your sexuality, your sexual issues? Okay, so maybe your generation's doing a better job. <laughs> um, so the interesting part, I think, about um, kind of growing up in a conservative um, household, which, which I definitely did, um, was the fact that, you know, you don't talk about sex when you're having, you know, issues with your vagina. You're not going to your mom and saying, hey, this is what's happening. You're just kind of like, oh, I guess this is normal. I just have to go through this. And then, you know, you kind of see what happens. Um, and so, you know, I got married pretty young. Um, and so my husband and I have kind of had this conversation of, you know, where does this um, kind of mentality about sex come from? Um, and where can we dig in deeper to, to kind of find the root of the issue? Um, and so looking into that and, you know, looking at my hormones and going over all of those things, because, I mean, as a 26-year-old, I always felt like, you know, I was going to, like, be having sex every day, like, three times a day. Like, whenever I could get it, I was like, yes, that will be me. Um, and then I kind of hit this wall, and I was like, what is happening? What is wrong with me? Um, and just having that mindset of, you know, nothing's wrong with you. Um, but there may be these these deeper issues, these, you know, um, things that you've grown up with and things that, you know, are going on with your body that, you know, you're, it's not necessarily in your control. Um, and so getting that, you know, empowerment, and I am nowhere near the point where, you know, 
were perfect in any by any means, but being able to kind of pinpoint that and saying, okay, like this is something that I need to be conscious about in my relationship um, and something that really, you know, needs to move to the top of the list, um, you know, and prioritizing work, you know, we have full-time jobs plus the podcast plus all of these other things. Um, and so, you know, I, I find myself saying like, oh, that that's like, you know, on the back burner. Like, I, I don't have the time for that. But, you know, half an hour spending that with your partner um, really does help that relationship. Um, so moving from that topic of, you know, a relationship with your partner, and we'll get back into that later on, but I'd love to talk and pick your brain, Carla, about finding that relationship with yourself. Um, because I feel like that's another thing that's kind of like, I think our generation is doing a lot better job of, you know, talking about self-pleasure and self-love, but you know, not nearly enough. So let's talk about that. Um, how do we kind of break through that wall of like, this is okay to do? I love that question because I have clients come to me all the time. They're like, can I talk about sex with you? I'm like, yes, you can fucking talk about sex. I'm like, it is the most natural, normal thing we can do as humans. Like, we are literally here to procreate. And I'm not talking about like, if you're a woman and you don't want to have a child, totally respect that that's cool. But literally down to science you are here to procreate. And I think it's so important that knowing what you want and what you like. So not even just talking about masturbation, right? And doing that, but really like when you're in a relationship, what are your sexual needs? What are your sexual wants? Putting the focus on yourself. We live in a society that is all about pleasing a man. And something, I'm gonna totally call my mom out on this, which I freaking love. She told me when I was in high school, she was very open about sex. She told me when I was in high school that it's important that if you're going to be sexually active that you also are pleasured and the man is also pleasured. Good for your mom. And I know. Wow. She's awesome. Well, she also like, right? Julia, you're getting an applause. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that it is just as important for you to come, orgasm, whatever you want to call it, as a man. And if you're having trouble figuring out why you're disconnected sexually with somebody, focus on yourself for a little bit. Maybe it is exploring, you know, getting a sex toy or something like that. Or maybe it's as simple as writing down on a piece of paper what your needs are, what your wants are when it comes to sex. And see, okay, is my relationship right there matching my needs and wants. Where can I have this communication? Because I always say honesty starts with yourself first. And if you can be honest with yourself and know where you're coming from, then that's where you start the communication with a partner and be able to communicate that with your partner. So I think that there's a lot of layers to this, but I don't think it's impossible. And I have clients as well. I've had clients say like, I've gone through a phase of sleeping with a bunch of men, which no judgment, but she's like, I, I've slept with a lot of men and I just, I'm not there anymore. I get, I get too connected. It's, it's unhealthy for me. Whereas she looks at sex now as I want to be able to share that intimately with somebody on a very personal level. And when she was doing it before, she wasn't being pleasured. She wasn't satisfied. But now when she's able to date somebody and connect intimately, she can then orgasm because she feels comfortable. So there's a lot of different depths, different layers, but I think it's really starting with yourself and the foundation of what your needs are, what your wants are, and also how do you like to be pleasured? That's, that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I add to that? Yes, please. 
Um, so same, as a functional medicine health coach and through working with Foria, we found that really there's no sex, sexuality and sex has been a taboo and it's been isolated due to religious reasons, various reasons. Um, but now we're starting to bridge sexuality with wellness. You know, it's really part of the same continuum, part of the same conversation. And it needs to be constantly talked about. It's not often not talked about with our health educators, our doctors. And so it's wonderful that there's health coaches, there's nutritionists, there's hormone experts and pelvic health and sexuality educators that are available to us to talk about these things. And there's amazing forums and there's amazing books now and podcasts talking about this stuff. So I think to bridge on the previous question that um, you know, if we are in a, in a circumstance where we can't feel like we can talk about these things, there are tools online now available to us and you know, amazing educators. Um, and then I think it's also comes what you're speaking about of just tuning inward to ourself um, and inquiring, like, what is this shame and why do I not put my own pleasure first? Where does that story come from? Um, through my parents or through my, you know, schooling, our sex ed classes, um, and really learning to tune in. And I think plants, again, are such incredible teachers because plants and animals are having sex all the time. We are not isolated from that. Plants are having, especially in the springtime, you just sit on the street corner and you'll see everything's having sex. So, <laughs> and so it's natural for us to have these desires and sometimes we go through waves where we don't and there's a lot of reasons for that that we can mm -hmm. get into our society and being overstimulated, mm -hmm. stressed out, you know, all of these things will impact that. But um, looking to plants is one way, or looking to nature is another way of really tuning into um, that natural desire, that innate, you know, core piece of why we're all living here on this planet Earth is to procreate and have pleasure and to um, connect um, body and spirit through pleasure. Um, and so using plants as teachers um, in various ways, we can do that through mm -hmm. observation and through educators and through working with certain plants actually help to pull us out of our mind and into mm -hmm. our body. That's such a good point. Um, and I really love the thought of how wellness and sexuality are kind of merging and coming together. Um, I'd love to dive into Foria Wellness and the amazing CBD products and kind of what can that do for us um, sexually? Yeah, so, um, so Foria is unique in that we brought, we happen to bring hemp and cannabis, same thing, cannabis into the, um, the sex conversation and intimacy and into the bedroom in the modern era, but we did not originate it. Um, we like to see ourselves really as more of a long line, a lineage of stewards to this plant. It's actually been used by witches, midwives, nurses, mm -hmm. women healers for thousands of years for female sexual health and reproductive health, um, for supporting during labor, for supporting menstrual cramps and pain. Um, and connection to other realms. So it's a powerful plant and there's evidence of this long history with it. And for us, we also, so we really connect to the whole plant. And mm -hmm. so even CBD is a whole craze now. We talk about CBD and THC. Um, for us, we like to kind of move away from that as much as we can and talk about the whole plant. Um, because there are hundreds of cannabinoids, there are hundreds of terpenes, there are hundreds of other compounds that are extremely potent as well. And other plants have these cannabinoids as well. It's just cannabis has, is super potent in them. Um, but Foria specifically, 
It originated with a pleasure product, if anyone's not familiar. It was a THC coconut um, lubricant or pleasure enhancement oil. And the initial um, intention was to support pleasure and enhance pleasure for women. And it ended up doing a whole spectrum beyond that that has led into all these other products, the CBD and THC. We have THC line and a CBD hemp line uh, for political and legal reasons. Um, <laughs> and so, um, so it led into all these other areas through the feedback that we were getting from, um, from our community. Um, so this plant has shown to really help women with a whole host of things, especially in menopause, experience, experiencing dryness, um, lack of lubrication, um, because if we want to talk about chemically what's happening, what we know so far about the plant is that she helps to increase lubrication, um, actually increase blood flow, which will increase lubrication and increase sensation and decreases pain and inflammation. So we get feedback from women um, or people with vaginas that, um, <laughs> to be politically correct and all of these things, um, that you know, some women who have experienced or believe that they're anorgasmic and have never experienced orgasm and can't, and then they experience orgasm for the first time. And it doesn't even become a dependency, it becomes that the plant actually taught them how to experience pleasure, so they don't even need the product anymore their body now knows how to experience pleasure, which is beautiful. Um, women going through menopause or th taking SSRIs or birth control um, or going through chemo, all these things can affect lubrication and sensation. And so increasing, again, blood flow, lubrication, and pleasure. And then also women with vaginismus, vulvodynia, painful sex, experiencing this is the first time I've had pain-free sex ever or in a very long time. So. This plant is, has amazing uses and it's turned into a whole spectrum of still learning and uncovering what this does and what it means and why and how, but it works beautifully with the female body. That's incredible. I, I, yes, please, that's, that's amazing. Um, I also don't know half the words you just said, but um, I think they're, yeah. Um, so thank you, that's incredible. And, and for all of you, um, there's Foria samples in your gift bag, so please enjoy those. It works. We have a believer back there. Um, I'm just truly amazing what that plant can do and, and, and what can happen when we kind of are open to those types of things as well. Um, so moving from that into, you know, feeling our best selves as far as what we're eating, um, you know, what we're putting into our bodies, Jess, can you touch on that a little bit of, of how we can feel sexy with what we eat, how we're feeling, you know, if we're feeling bloated, like what should we do, things like that? Yeah, I mean, my mind goes a million different directions with that question. Obviously, you know, we hear about aphrodisiac foods, and so that's kind of a fun place to go with it. And we have, if you haven't tried the amazing mood board in the back, um, by Liv Hungry and Sarah Cat, who are both here. It's incredible this, what they've done, but that mood board is essentially all aphrodisiac libido boosting. Um, so you have chocolate on there, which is really great. Um, I just learned recently that pomegranate is amazing for increasing circulation and blood flow to the lady parts. So uh, eat up on the pomegranate. Granite. Um, dates are also another great one, which are also on the board. Um, you hear about oysters uh, for the zinc content. Um, Want to make sure it's a good quality oyster. Um, 
chocolate. We have Candace's Beauty Bar chocolate. So again, there's a chemical in chocolate. I can't remember which one it is that kind of gives you those feelings of being loved. And so that connects you more as well. But I think beyond just specific libido boosting or aphrodisiac foods, it's about, you know, you're going to feel sexier and more confident if you're eating foods from a place of love and compassion versus shame and guilt. You know, if you are sitting there, um, you know, maybe you've decided to have a burger and fries and that's fine. But if you're sitting there the whole time, like, I shouldn't be eating this. What am I doing? I'm such a fat slob. Oh my God. Like I'm going to have to put myself on a diet on Monday um, just to make up for this. Okay. But maybe tomorrow what I'll do is I'll go to the gym for an hour and then I won't eat breakfast. I'll intermittent fast until dinner and then I'll eat like a light salad. But what that does is it sets you up for a binge restrict cycle, which is, is really hard to get out of. And also it puts you in the zone of just hating yourself and feeling like you are a bad person. Um, and you know, I always say food is not moral. It's not bad or good. It's just a choice. Like when did we put bad and good on food? And so I think if you can, you know, I always recommend taking 30 seconds to just check in with yourself before you decide what you want to eat Mm -hmm. and just asking yourself, what do I really want? You know, what do I really feel like? If I'm not going with what the Instagram model model just ate on my feed, if I'm not going with maybe what my health coach just told me to do, if I'm not going with what my doctor recommended, if I'm not going with the voices in my head, like what sh- what do I really want? And then if you take that time and you decide, oh hey, you know, I really want a pizza, but it's like a Wednesday night, I'm at home, I'm, you know, and. I don't really need it tonight. And also the second part of it is it how do you, the second part is how do you want to feel afterwards? So you're like, oh, I really want a pizza, but I want to feel energized and light so that I can sleep well and wake up full of energy the next day. Then maybe you get a cauliflower pizza crust and you like load it up with, you know, delicious vegan cheese and chicken and toppings and just make yourself a fancy pizza. And then maybe on a Friday night, you check in, you say, I want pizza. You're at your favorite Italian restaurant. You're sure as hell not getting the salad. And so go for the pizza. And maybe afterwards, you don't mind feeling a little crappy on Sunday because guess what? You can lay in bed and Netflix and chill. And that's something that I have to remind myself too is like, I don't have anything to do tomorrow. I can have another glass of wine. And and my husband sitting back there, I know um, sometimes I, I get into those old patterns where I'm like, I, overanalyzing. Well, if I have another glass, I'm going to feel this way. Oh my gosh. And then I'm not going to be productive. And it's like, no, we're sitting here out in the sun in the middle of summer, drinking rosé, having great conversation. Why am I going to nix that just because I want to not put on, gain the pound that I think I might gain? So that, you know, having that separation and understanding what is it that I really, really want and how do I want to feel and choosing in the moment what feels best for you, that's sexy, that makes you feel more confident, it makes you feel lighter, it makes you feel happy, and that's what life is about. It's not about living in the highs and lows of a cheat day and feeling restricted all the time. Great, yeah. Colleen? Yeah, did you have something to add? Please I love do. what you just shared. I love what you just shared and that it's, um, yeah, we can isolate so much in our community and society too on what can we add, like what can boost sexuality or boost my energy or boost my desire. 
And I think another potent part of the conversation is also, um, especially when in relation to sexuality, is that we really need to um, sometimes support how can we downregulate our stress and our overwhelm, um, because that's a critical piece, as Candace knows, for hormone balance, um, for body balance in general. And you know, oftentimes I see that we can feel really exhausted and tired or stressed over time, and we're looking for CBD or we're looking for caffeine to boost us up. What's going to you know boost this? Boost this? Instead of actually, what our body wants is some time to unplug to get off of social media, to connect with nature, to tune into our bodies, what we really want and what we really need, what we really desire, and that's okay. Um, and just, you know, what, what allies are gonna really support us in downregulating, and that it's mm -hmm. okay to unplug and not be doing 15 things at once mm -hmm. and starting three businesses at once mm -hmm. and pleasuring our partner and whatever, whatever's on that list. Um, so I think that's a, an important part also. There's, beautiful libido enhancing aphrodisiac foods and herbs and plants that are amazing. Um, kava is one of my favorite allies, kava and cacao um, and cinnamon. Um, but there's um, also, and kava is really actually a potent one for downregulating the nervous system mm -hmm. also. Um, and then, you know, anything that, that, that's going to do that for you, any plants or foods, chocolate is a great one, just helping you to just calm down and like feel mm -hmm. into your heart space. Um, but also lifestyle things, whatever is going to help you to just drop into less doing mm -hmm. and getting away from that ticking phone and all of those. <laughs> could, I, could I chime in? I just wanted to mention while we're on the subject of food um, <clears throat> and stress, all of these things we're talking about that are helpful are helpful. But what you have to really, you know, when we talk about functional medicine and what, what's really going on is that if we don't, you know, there are certain foods that, have, that feed your hormones, that feed your fertility, that feed your libido. And so if you are, gotten in big trouble on a, a podcast saying this, if you are vegan, comma, who doesn't get enough protein, um, vegans who, you know, I've talked to a lot of women who are very plant-based, they're vegan only, and that's no judgment. However, your ovaries need good fats and they need protein to even make hormones. So you can, you know, there are all these libido boosting uh, cures and treatments, and, but, but what is at the root of this is that if we don't ovulate, we don't make progesterone, which is the hormone that balances estrogen. We don't make enough estrogen. Women that are very lean and too thin and don't get enough fat in their diet, talking good fat, I mean, that definition has changed so much, remember, from the fats we were worried about that we thought made us fat, to now we're talking about avocado and avocado oil and eggs and salmon and fatty fish and all those things, nuts and seeds, you've got to pile those on and feed your ovaries so that you ovulate and make the right component of hormones so that you are a juicy girl, you know? You're not gonna make, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have the lubrication. Um, you know, you can replace it, but let's make it in the first place. So don't scrimp on the good fats in the diet. Get to know those. Jessie's a wealth of information when she talks to people about this. The other thing about stress is that yeah, do all those things that reduce stress, but know that stress is one of the biggest disruptors of ovulation. And when we talk about stress, we're talking about everything from a broken leg to a broken heart to too much exercise, you know, over extremes of exercise. We know women who are Olympic athletes, 
um, and who train all the time are famous for having anovulatory cycles. They don't ovulate, thus they do not make the right component of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. All those sex hormones, uh, you know, those hormones are called steroid hormones. The backbone of steroid hormones is cholesterol. So cholesterol is not a dirty word. If you're on a low-fat hormone, supposedly heart-healthy diet that's low-fat, and you're on a statin that's robbing your body of cholesterol and natural fats, you're not making enough hormone. You're going to be dry as dust everywhere. <laughs> and, you're not, and, 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 so, and, and the stress disruption of ovulation is huge because of this disruption of hormone production. And so that will disrupt your libido. Your, so it, it's, a, it's a big subject. But in terms of food, good fats, good nutrient-dense proteins that are hormone-free, got to be hormone-free, um, hopefully organic, that, those are your friends when you're talking about feeding this process mm -hmm. of having, and it's a whole other story when we're talking about um, birth control. And, and that's another subject that maybe we can touch on mm -hmm. if there's time. Yeah, definitely. And I think just as you all are describing kind of these patterns, I think a lot of us in our go, go, go society, like I would drink a huge cup of coffee every day, go to a spin another class, ovulation work until yeah. 8 p.m., come yeah. home, not be treating my body the way it needs to be treated, but then wonder why I'm not in the mood to have sex. And it's just like, our lives are really so go, go, go. And I'm curious if you guys have any strategies to amidst, because at the end of the day, we are all busy, right? We all have jobs to do, relationships to care for. How do you take the time to make sure that you are connecting sexually either with yourself or with your partner? I touched on it a little on my last one, um, but actually one of the primary gateways that I find for myself and my partner and all my clients that we start with is having a window of time where we disconnect from the phone, um, yes. all electronics. So having, even if you have your Wi-Fi router on a timer or you set that, you can set, set it in your settings on your phone as well for it to remind you or just turn off. Um, but I find that so primary because this opens up just a juicy window of time that you can now start exploring other things and what that self-care means for you today. And so for me, I like to keep it simple and build from there. Like you can start small and then build, but something where it's like from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., I'm unplugged. And it's amazing what that does. And at first, it can create some anxiety for people. Like, what? I'm, I can't be available all the time for these notifications at midnight? You don't really need to respond to those. You start training people that you're not always available, and that's OK, and for your self-care. And what that does to your nervous system to not have that chatter in the background and to be what, you know, dim the lights at night, I'm going to take a bath, I'm going to read, I'm going to connect with my partner, what's really coming up for them, um, get intimate and, you know, sexy time, um, take a nature walk, you know, play with the kids or the dogs, you know, so there, there's so many things, it's really infinite, but I find unplugging from these devices um, and just that frequency and that energy, just having, turning that off really opens up the window for you to just explore what that is for you. I'll piggyback on that. Um, I think it's really easy to say that we don't have time, but I think it's really about prioritizing because you know that what's important to you, you prioritize. We always do. Um, and so it's just really a matter of like prioritizing sex or re your relationship. And if you're feeling like your relationship is really struggling, then prioritize it. Um, and 
prioritizing sex is a huge part of your relationship. That's how you um, like intimately connect with your partner, and it's so important. Um, one of my favorite things to do is we have a record player, and we put on a record. And every time it's time to flip the record, we switch off like who's giving each other a back rub. And um, like I get a back rub for one side of the record, and then my partner gets a back rub for one side of the record. And I think so oftentimes like sex turns into this like, all right we're gonna have sex and like <laughs> we just like it's too rushed and women know that like rush sex is not good like you don't have time to get lubricated you don't have time to get turned on women want slower I mean sometimes fast sex is okay but like if I feel generally women want like slower more passionate sex and it feels better when you slow it down a little bit and so I think um, if you haven't expressed that to your partner before, express that, and it's okay to have that conversation. Um, and setting aside the time, talking about it, and then making it happen. Um, putting on good music, like all of these things that you like might hear about or read about in magazines, and it sounds super cliche, but just like actually doing it. Um, just, yeah, making the time for it. I think de-stressing your life and whatever's going on can help you connect sexually with yourself and with your partner. I know personally me, like I don't get turned on if I'm too stressed. And I think sex is such a healthy way to connect, not only with yourself, but with your partner, right? And so if you can't connect with yourself, then you're not gonna be connecting with your partner. So I really think it's taking a step back and really time management, because everybody has time for something. And if you find you're single, I have a lot of women I work with who are single and are high achieving and are like, I just don't have time for, you know, a relationship, like I, but I want one. How do I do this? Well, if you're so stressed, you're probably not even turned on to naturally even be drawn to wanting to date. So it's how do you take a step back? How do you really look at what's going on in your life and figure out what it is you want and then map out a plan to get there? So I think it really starts with de-stressing yourself and having that communication with your partner as well and what it looks like to have intimacy with one another. Um, so to that point of kind of going into loving yourself and de-stressing, I think a big part of our lives now um, is trying to, you know, as somebody pointed out earlier, trying to, you know, start three businesses at once, or you have your hands in so many different things. Um, and, and, I, and I think it's amazing to want to do all of that and to have so many goals and dreams and the fact that we are able to, you know, have women-owned businesses and have our own projects um, and be able to do that is absolutely incredible. But where is the line of like, okay, this is too much for me? Jess, can you touch on that at all? I know you're doing so many things. <laughs> um, this conversation is very timely. I'm looking at you guys. Um, I find that, you know, for somebody who, like myself, who left a corporate job, so I was in the corporate world for a long time, I worked in a PR firm that made me want to, I almost did go crazy, um, and worked in event production, a lot of very high stress jobs. So taking that leap of faith to start my own business as a health coach, not knowing what the heck I was doing was so scary and so thrilling at the same time. And then once I actually got into like, wow, I have clients, I'm running a business. Like I still feel like I've said this before, but like a big kid, like a big kid and like grown up people's clothing, you know, and it's just a weird feeling like, oh, I have my own business and 
I'm self-sustaining and I'm so proud of myself and I'm so excited and I love every day that I wake up and work and throw these events and work one-on-one with clients and do group coaching um, that sometimes I forget that it can be stressful and that I also need to slow down. And because I love it so much, it's like a weird place of like, I want to do everything. I'm so excited about everything. But then I start to feel overwhelmed. And for me, it's hard because I've never really described myself as like a stressed out personality type. It's more that I internalize it as pretty deep anxiety, which then kind of manifests in the way that maybe I'm showing up in my friendships and relationships and, you know, not being as social maybe and just kind of putting my head down and working. And I started to find myself doing that recently. And so thank goodness for my sister who just had a candid conversation with me about, you know, you're doing too much and you're not as fun anymore and you need to slow down and something has to give because I know how much it means to you to practice what you preach. And right now is that time and you got to do something about it. And at first I was like, wow, that's hard to hear. And then like, bitch, but then it was like, (laughs) yeah, but then I took a step, (laughs) yeah, naughty little sister always, I took a step back and was like, no, that was hard to hear because it was the truth, and, you know, my husband and I kind of, like, passing ships in the night, and, you know, he's the most wonderful person and just always so supportive and always there for me and just didn't want to stop and tell me to slow down and that he needed attention, too, And I wasn't doing a good job at that. So I think having that person that slows your role, and also I think my mom helped me with that too, and just being very honest. And I think being that person for somebody in your life that you really trust, like be that person, because it means a lot. And for me, I really feel like I've seen big improvements in just the last month of letting go of some stuff. And I feel lighter and more energized and confident and happy. And I'm enjoying my life more and my work more. So I don't know if that quite answers the question, but... Yeah, it definitely does. And I think it's interesting to kind of look back and think, you know, 20 years ago, I mean, just by a raise of hand, who has a side hustle or their own business? It's like everyone in this room. It's insane. And so if you look 20 years ago, you know, women were in the house. They were raising their children. They were cooking dinner. They were doing, you know, all of the household things. They weren't able to, you know, get out and um, and do their own thing. They were there to pleasure their husbands. And so now I feel like we have this opportunity to really grasp that um, and really lean into it. And I think, I mean, these ladies are such good examples of that. So um, Carla, for you, so, um, so as you've been able to build this, this business around dating and relationships, and, and that's what you focus on, how do you find time for yourself without getting you know, wrapped up in all of the, I mean, I'm sure you got emotionally connected to your clients. Like, how do you not take that on yourself? I've, I really practice what I preach. I mean, I'm all about self-care because I knew what life was like without it. And that was hell for me. And so at the end of the day, like, I have to make sure I'm good. Because if I'm not good, then, then I'm stressed out and I'm not able to show up for my clients. And I can't get my shit together, essentially. Um, and, and just even like right now, I'm moving across the country. And I actually stopped counting the days after 14. But I'm moving the 26. So if anybody's good at math, do the math. Don't share it with me. <laughs> um, and I'm moving across the country. And I've got a lot of 
shit going on. And so what I do to really prioritize all of this so I can show up fully for my clients is I create space for myself. Even though I'm packing up all my boxes and getting everything together and selling a bunch of stuff, I have to find time for me because otherwise I'm going to make small mistakes in my business and those small mistakes can add up to things later on. And in order to also show up for my partner as well. And we are actually long distance right now, so that is hence the move. We're both meeting in New York, so it's very exciting. But there's a lot going on in multiple different levels. We're moving in together. We're no longer going to be long distance. I've got my business, and it's growing, and I'm writing a book, and you know, I'm packing up my apartment and moving across LA. And so I have to really sit down with myself, and I have a weekly planner, and I have a list, and when I'm done, it's actually a great way to manage anxiety for anybody who has anxiety is create lists, and when you're done, take it off the list. And then you see what you have left. So I literally live by my lists, I meditate. I always, if I'm not meditating during the day, I fall asleep to a meditation, I get great sleep. Um, lately I've been stressed, so I got six hours of sleep, which is still functioning sleep. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I'm usually an eight hour sleeper, but. Um, so I really just find it's self-care, that's it. Mm -hmm. And it's not getting a massage, it's not getting my nails done, it's not like, you know, getting a facial. Right now, I'm looking at the basics. Am I getting at least six to eight hours of sleep? Am I eating all my meals? Am I able to show up for my clients fully and, you know, hit everything on my checklist? Yes. Cool. So I'm just going to keep doing that because that's what's working for me. And the thing is, is that it's not one size fits all. Everyone is so different. And you have to just give and take and figure out what will work for you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting that in different phases of our lives, something like going to get your hair done for two hours or going to get your nails done can almost feel overwhelming. Like when you're in a period where everything is stressful, you're go, go, go. To me, that sounds like my worst nightmare to just sit there for two hours. Um, so I think just one thing that I've been doing lately that's been really helping is at the end of the week, I won't just think of everything that I have left to do on my list, but I take a minute and I say, I did X, Y, and Z this week, like go me, you know? And it's just kind of taking that five minutes, 10 minutes on a Friday to just reflect on everything that you have accomplished because we are all so busy. We have all these side hustles. Who knew? You guys are crushing it. Um, to just really say you did a good job. So that's been really working. Um, I do want to kind of close this out and just thinking about this amazing conversation that we've opened up today. If you guys have any resources, podcasts, websites, places that you go um, that would help our listeners if they do want to continue to research sexuality and just kind of how they can continue to empower themselves. I think for those of you who have been on birth control for decades or longer, a really important resource is um, Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. She has a detox program because I, I've, I'm talking to so many women who have been on the pill or have just gone off the pill, and if they've been on for longer than 10 years, even five, 10 years, then they often take a long time to get their period back, to ovulate. They have all, as I said, many symptoms of women in menopause. Um, and um, I think the detox, 30-day uh, detox uh, coming off the pill in that book is really a huge help to getting hormone levels back so that you're 
ovulating again. And, and of course, this, this stress management picture is, is so huge. Turning off the cell phone was, is, is important because, why? Because that blue light off those electronic mechanisms actually disrupts melatonin production, the master sleep hormone. So now we're not sleeping. And what goes up when the master sleep hormone goes down is the master stress hormone, cortisol. And what I wanted to say also is that get your hormones tested, not as a plug for my business. You can get them tested in many places. But I, I talk to so many women who have these crazy busy lives we're talking about. And what do their cortisol levels look like? They are flatlined. And so many women, you know, we measure morning, noon, evening, bedtime levels. Your cortisol levels should be highest in the morning. That's your energy hormone, the hormone that regulates your sleep-wake cycle, your immunities, your ovulation, everything. The adrenals are huge. And women will say to me, but I'm so crazy busy and I'm so stressed all the time. Why are my levels so low? I thought my cortisol levels would be really high. That's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing really low cortisol levels that are really low in the morning, so you're dragging yourself out of bed and then they're maybe going up a bit and then they're plunging again and maybe up at night so that you're not sleeping, so it's the tired but wired tired all the time syndrome. And I think that's where it's really important to get a handle on what your hormone levels are. Are you, you know, following uh, something like the detox? Uh, Jesse's got a great sugar cleanse, which takes you off the, the sugar cravings and puts you on good, good healthy foods, good healthy fats and grains. That's, that's a major resource that I recommend to, to many people. Woman Code, Alyssa Vitti is a really important book. She teaches you how to eat to feed your ovaries and your fertility, eat per, you know, to, to augment your cycles. Um, I would say those are, are huge resources that I like to pass on. Just really quick for me, I would say, I agree, those are all wonderful. I like them all, <laughs> I approve. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, not so much like a specific like podcast, well maybe, yes, but uh, for me with this conversation, I just wanted to make sure that I said um, with body confidence and sexuality, sexual confidence um, at any stage in life, you really have to, again, check in with yourself and start to look at what kind of content you're consuming and who you're surrounding yourself with. Because if you're hanging out with people who are draining you and you leave that hangout feeling like, wow, I'm questioning everything about my life, my body, my future decisions, like maybe it's time to question those people. Um, you should be leaving the friendships feeling empowered, confident, um, and happy and motivated, you know, and, and really, truly other women can make you feel sexy and sexual. You know, those women that you see and every time you see them, they genuinely say something incredible that they love about you, whether it's physical or, um, your personality or just encouraging you like you've got this. So I think your community is very important. So find that community and it's okay to let go of friends that you've been friends with for 30, 20 years, 10 years. Um, maybe they were a match back then, but they're not anymore. And so that one, um, joining communities of women, you've, you're in one right now, so at the last hour, talk to people, connect, like exchange numbers. Hey Vina is a great community for women meeting women. It's an app, it's a friendship app. I think a couple people here found the event on that, almost 30 
Krista is here today, and she has an incredible community of women. I think a few of you are here from the LA chapter. So community with women, um, go on your Instagram and unfollow anyone who makes you feel like crap or shit or makes you just want to like go home and cry. Um, and, and don't feel bad about having to unfollow those people. You may just not be ready. You know, if you can look at somebody and see them as like motivating and you can use that as motivation and empowerment, great. But if you look at that person and you feel envy and jealousy and sadness and you're comparing it to your own life, unfollow and fill your accounts with things that really make you feel really good. So that would be mine. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, just so that we have time for some question and answers, I want to make sure that we answer those. Um, so I think we have time for two or three. Um, so just raise your hand and we'll show it right here. Yeah. I feel like in relationships, people are always saying like sex is so important, so important. Like nobody ever really says like why, besides being like, oh, it makes you more connected. It's like the most important thing in a relationship, but it's like. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. That's a yeah. Great question, Carla or so, Lauren. I think that's a really good question. I think it's like deeply personal, um, and I think that if you really have to look at where you are, um, and if you're feeling like you want to have sex, and that's where you are in life, and you're craving that connection, then it is really important. But if you're in a phase of life where sex isn't the most important thing to you, and that's okay with your partner too, and like in your relationship that's healthy and it's working for you guys, then I think that's okay. I think that's 100% okay because um, I think in general, sex kind of ebbs and flows, right? Like we all have been maybe in relationships where once you've been together for a couple of years, sex changes. But I think in general, um, we are sexual beings, and if your sex drive is completely gone, that's probably not normal, hormonally and naturally. That's just not, um, it's not like, it might be a sign that something's off with your body. Um, but I think that if you're just not into it for one reason or another, then it's a personal decision. Um, but in terms of like health benefits from sex, it's really good for your health. Um, when you have sex, it increases hormones to help you sleep better. It lowers cortisol levels. It decreases your pulse. It um, increases oxygenation in your blood. You can read um, about all of the benefits of sex like for your skin, for your body. It's really good for you, so that's one few benefits. Yeah. If, if it's any comfort, I've talked to women who say that they'd rather delete emails than, <laughs> than have sex. So there's, I mean, really, it is so common. And that, again, is what I was mentioning about these cortisol stress hormone levels that I see no matter what the age, they are not following the normal curve because we are, you know, uh, I'd say not so admirably creating a cra crazy busy life that we use to describe ourselves and actually we are driving ourselves into the ground. And so there are reasons for not, I mean, but you know, when we talk about sex is for procreation, women my age aren't procreating anymore, but we still, you know, so there's, there's different phases and stages and, and, and time for it and it's not the end all be all, but um, I think, as uh, Colleen said, it's certainly good for your health, but there are many things that are good for your health. So, mm -hmm. it's yeah, great question, though. Um, any anyone else? I think I saw someone over on the other. Yes. Side. Um, I guess I'm open to the panel. Um, but something that came up for me 
manifesting in our lives is, I guess, reflective of what's come before in a really mysterious way, sometimes in a mystery way, depending. And I just would be curious from an herbal perspective, from so many different, you know, psychological perspectives, um, how you work with that with clients, within yourself, um, and, you know, tips, tips on trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great question. Carla, I feel like that one's for you. Yeah, so um, this isn't actually something I talk a lot about, but I'm open to talk about it. Um, I had PTSD from domestic violence as a child, and it wasn't dealt with until my early 20s. Um, and that was, actually, I did EMDR therapy, which is fucking amazing if you have PTSD, just saying. Um, and that actually really helped move me forward um, through the PTSD and the trauma. But it wasn't until I dealt with that shit in therapy that I was then able to move on and have healthy relationships since then. So just even, I'm just talking about my own personal experience with that, is really dealing with the trauma can feel terrifying because you have either erased it, uh, which is disassociation, or you don't even want to address it because it's so deep and it feels so real and you never want to go back there again but there really is something so beautiful when you get to the other side of working through trauma and seeing it flourish, like seeing your life flourish after you handle the trauma because it's, it might be so scary and I always look at it as like you're carrying a backpack and the books are always gonna be in there. So whether you wanna deal with it or not, you're carrying that burden, you're carrying that load on your back and it's not until you open the backpack and take the books out that you can really live free and truly authentic within your own self. So that's where I would say my experience was in regards to carrying trauma in my body and how it manifested in intimate relationships in my life. To piggyback on that, from a medical perspective in the physical sense, um, we carry a lot of trauma in our pelvis and if you experience trauma, like sexual abuse, um, sexual assault, um, or you have like pelvic pain or issues when you're having sex, um, a really common thing that we're doing more and more often now is referring to pelvic floor physical therapy. And I don't know if any of you have heard of that. A lot of women use it after they have kids, like for incontinence issues. But if you have like severe pain when you have sex and you think it's relative to trauma or not, um, that's a really helpful tool. And most often you can self-refer, depending on your insurance, you don't always need a referral. So using a pelvic floor physical therapist um, can be really helpful for that. Um, and they work with you, they do like a vaginal exam and like look at your muscles, look at where you're holding tension, um, and then do therapy on your vagina, on your pelvic floor and help to um, soften your muscles and work with you there. And I think it can be really amazing and life-changing for women. Yeah, please. Yeah, that's basically what I was going to say. And just a couple resources of um, Kiana Reeves, who works with us and is an amazing sex educator. And she does postpartum doula work and pelvic floor therapy, hands-on work. And then there's Pamela Samuelson of Embody Work LA. Um, she does that vaginal mapping work. There's um, an amazing book, Wild Feminine, that teaches you how to do that for yourself, to create your own vaginal map. Um, and just regain that intimacy and connection and find those um, numb spots, painful spots in your own um, body and to connect and heal. Um, so I think really diving in with a practitioner and with your own resources. And then I guess there's always some plant allies. I mentioned kava again is like one of my main allies for that, bringing us down into our pelvis and helping us to move grief, move pain in a safe 
way because it's a root and it's very grounding and supportive. So you feel safe and supported in releasing these energies through your being. Um, any sort of roots can kind of do that. And Shisandra is one of my favorite um, plants as well that can help us move into our sensual place and releasing uh, trauma. Okay, awesome. Well, this, I mean, I just can't even put into words how amazing um, you ladies are. So let's give a round of applause to them. Um, and then, I mean, thank you to all of you for coming. We're so, so grateful for you. Um, the energy that you're able to bring today has been just absolutely wonderful, but we still have a few things left for you today. Um, so we have the next hour is going to be yours. So it's um, our sinless self-care, about I mean, 50 minutes actually, a little less than an hour. Um, but there are amazing vendors that we have here today that you've already seen, um, but please dive into those a little bit more. Our mood board is absolutely amazing, you saw that. Um, and I just wanna run through our vendors um, and make sure that we thank them. Um, so first, Josh Sukan, um, Jess's, Jess's husband, he, just incredible. He designed um, our mocktails um, that some of you were able to try. So please go check those out. He's a master mixologist. Um, so uh, Beauty Bar Chocolate, Candice, um, a lot of you know her. Um, amazing um, chocolate, um, which fights stress, fatigue, balances hormones, and also helps your skin. So what else can you ask for? Um, Let's see, you live skincare. Um, their mission is incredible. Um, so they help inspire women to embrace your skin, um, the skin that you have, um, and they celebrate the natural process of aging, which I think is huge in today's society of you know all of the plastic surgery and things like that. Um, beauty counter, Lauren, her due date is today, which is insane, and she's here. Um, and she looks incredible. Um, so thank you to Lauren and beauty counter, um, all safe, non-toxic products for our skin um, and Ranavat, um, Michelle, she's the founder of Ranavat and um, she has been doing um, hand massage or facial massages, sorry, with the wand and her amazing oils. Um, so thank you to all of those vendors. Meg has more to share. Yes, and we will keep this running. Um, big shout out to Beekeepers Naturals. If you guys get a chance, their honey is incredible. It will also be in the mocktails. Um, we have the Golden Elixir, so amazing superfood brand. They also have an amazing facial oil, so check them out. Um, the Plant Lore, which is featuring our lovely um, for your wellness, but they have a ton of different CBD products for you to try. Check out the energy readings in the background. So Corinne Simon is providing many energy readings, so clearing up anything that's blocked. So totally do that. We mentioned the dessert board. I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's like the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Um, so big shout out to Olivia and Sarah for that. And then finally, we have B12 shots. So to get you pumped up for the rest of your weekend, go do that. I've never tried it. So I'm going to go do that. And also Coco Levee, um, which is an amazing coconut oil to use all over your body and then also for intimacy. Um, Oh, yes. And before we get into that, we just have to say the biggest yes. thank you to Jess. She's been, we need a round of applause. We're talking sponsors, but we truly couldn't have done this event without you. And it's been like the most incredible experience. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And then before you guys leave, we will be closing with a meditation um, with Kate Van Horn. So stay for that. Thank you guys. Thank you.